Hello, and welcome to a conversation with Open Minds. Whether you are a new or a repeat listener, we're glad you're here. We're glad you're back listening to us. Uh, today, with my two co-hosts, I have uh, Noah. Hello, everybody. And I also have my friend, Randall. So you're right. Hello, everybody. And I complete the triad. I am Kilburn. Today's topic is as I kind of cutely called it, politically speaking. Today, we're going to hit a different topic, and we're going to talk about politics. As in this week, the vice president nomination for the Democrats had been just uh, announced, and we kind of thought it'd be interesting to talk about that particular nomination and the possibility of, if not liking that one, who else it might it be. So, um, you know, kind of talk about the pros and cons of this particular person, Kamala Harris. I personally have nothing against her. I personally don't like her, dislike her. But from what I've been seeing out on social media, out on the internet, there has been a lot of more negative than slightly positive talks about her. And so that's kind of why I thought that this would be a good time to have a quick conversation about her, not too in-depth, not too long, and kind of get some different views. And so one of you guys, if you want to start off, let's give a little quick chat about Kamala Harris. Okay. Uh, no, no, go ahead, Noah. Uh, you want me to go? You go okay. ahead, Adam. Thank you, Noah. But any, mm-hmm. uh, I first want to say this. I'm, I have, I'm, I'm looking at the best way to phrase this because I think when we put stuff out in the atmosphere, it gives people a chance to take that and latch onto it and say, look, this person doesn't like her too. The first thing I want to say is, Kamala Harris is the nominee. We're all going to get behind her and make sure her and Joe Biden are elected. And the reason why I say that, I'm an independent. I'm not Democrat, Republican. Mm-hmm. But I also vote my conscience. I, I don't believe right. in the two-party system. I don't believe in people saying you're conservative or Democrat. But I believe right and wrong. And I believe the right choice right now is that ticket. And I will say that something I learned and something I saw and I shared with you guys um, and before I tell you, uh, we get into who I thought would have been a better choice. I will say Kamala Harris is the nominee. We're all going to get behind her because I feel like that's the right ticket. I saw something. I, I sent it to you guys. It said and it's something that I learned and it made sense. And this person wrote, they said, voting isn't a marriage. It's mm-hmm. a public. It's public transportation. You're not waiting for the one you're getting on the bus. And if there isn't one, and when the one they're talking about, if there isn't a bus going exactly to your destination, you don't stay home and soak or you don't get on the bus. You don't do that. You take the bus that's going closest to where you want to be and you figure it out. And I think that when I Mm -hmm. saw that, I said, okay, that makes me feel a little better about what's going on because yeah it is some stuff in Kamala Harris's past that uh we'll talk about today a little bit um that I'm concerned about but I think overall she's on the ticket that's the better choice for where I want to go right now does that make sense yeah yes yeah. absolutely so um I just want to say that at first um do you want to go finish no or do you want me to just continue down the road I'm going um, no go okay. ahead Keep so going. we know Kamala Harris is a choice and I, this is how I wrote on 
my paper when I was looking at her. Um, I think that there are a lot of things that are positive about her. Let's talk about the positive things for her. I think she's, if you go and you look at her, you can go straight to her webpage or Google her or whatever. You can look up what she's for because I believe in fact she's for police reform. You'll see several videos of her talking about, even though she was a prosecutor, we need police reform, especially for black and brown people. You'll see her saying that. You'll see some outlets out there trying to denigrate her. But if you just look up the information, it's there. She's for immigration reform. You know, she was big on not separating the children uh, with the whole border thing. She was out on that LBGTQ rights, pro-women's rights. Something that I learned this week, because I had to look up a bunch of interviews. She's for marijuana laws, for like positive laws of like, I've seen her say in a couple of interviews, Mm -hmm. she feels like it should be legalized because, you know, we're going down that road and, you know, it doesn't. Marijuana doesn't make you kill people, you know. Just look up the videos. I won't give you the outlets. Just look that up and you'll see what she's about. Now, some of the cons, and I had to take a deep breath when I do this because I feel, (laughs) and the reason why I do that because I am a black man and I don't want to down another black person, especially when they're trying to get someplace that we've never been. But her record is her record. I think she can come back from that. She can Mm -hmm. always come back from that. Because Mm -hmm. people make mistakes and we've all done it. But the cons, she's put a lot of brown and black people in jail Mm -hmm. at a high rate in the state of California. I looked it up yesterday. California has one of the highest conviction rates for people of color. Mm -hmm. Um, She was in that office. Uh, She waffled on on Medicare a little bit. Leading to another subject, when she was in the uh, presidential race with Joe Biden, she did waffle a little bit. And then she fought against a California judge to keep the death penalty. Of course, she was a prosecutor. And however you feel about the death penalty, some people are for it, some people are against it. But she was in the arena that we should keep it. So I have to... I have to put both pros and cons uh, in saying what her record stands for. Now, in saying all of that, I mean, she's incredibly connected to the the, the uh, minority community. Mm-hmm. She's, a sorority, she's a sorority sister. She's all, she went to a HBCU. Right. You know, people are trying to question her blackness. Um, and I'm going to be strong about this. I'm going to be strong about this. If now, it's two things I'm going to say here. The first thing, if you are not a person of color, and I'm going to even now even more down, if you're not a black person, you cannot question Kamala Harris's blackness. That's out of bounds. And anybody that I see do that, whether I work with them or in public, I will, I will fight you tooth and nail on that. You have no right to tell her whether she's black or not. That's not your arena. Right. That's not There's- your lane. There's no reason to. Exactly. You, uh, and I saw this phrase said, the black experience is not a monolithic experience. That means it's not a single experience. It's not a one size fits all experience. We have black people that live in poverty. We have black people that are very rich. We have black people that live like 
you know, me and KT, we live in the suburbs. Right. You have the black experience is different. You have black people that like jazz. I hate it. And that goes into stereotypes. But anyway, I just want to put that out there <laughs> because I'm going into a different arena. Right. And the, and the second part of that, black people, we cannot tell a person if she's black or not. I don't I don't agree with right. that because her experience is different from other people's experience. So I'm going to put that out there for us to talk about that those pros and cons are whatever you want to put into that. We're talking Kamala Harris. Go. All right. Not everybody at once. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll go. Yeah, her rec- you go ahead. Her record. I'll go. I mean, from what little bit I read about her, um, you were talking about, you know, putting people in jail. She had that war against truancy bill back in California, yes. back in, um, I think it was 06 or 08 or somewhere around there. But uh, basically, it's, you know, kids who were chronically absent from school. There was a $2,500 fine or a year in jail. Now, from what I read about her on that, her intention was not to put people in jail. Her intention was to get the schools to work with the parents and try to solve the issue, especially if there is a known issue as to why the child is going to be chronically out. Example they gave, sickle cell. Your child's got sickle cell, so she know, you know ahead of time she's probably going to miss a lot of school due to the illness. Well, apparently it did happen to one lady that her child was out. And because they went through their process of your child was absent, mom receives a letter, then she receives a conference, you know, a want to meet the teacher in a sense at the, a conference at the school. Mm-hmm. Then there's a letter from the DA or a court in the hearing. And it goes to all of that process without them actually trying to work with the parent. Now, I don't know whether or not because, you know, in California, there's a lot of schools, a lot of people, whether they can or cannot work with them. Mm-hmm. I believe that was her intention. <laughs> it didn't work out that way. But I don't believe she should take full and sole blame for it not working out that way. Um, because there are a lot of moving parts. Exactly. In that system. And she doesn't control all the moving parts. Mm -hmm. So she says her record is she did not put any black parents in jail under her watch. That's what she says. So I'll believe that. Um, But I will also want to look into the reason it did happen and try to figure out the why in that and not just blanketly put that on her. So... um, I like her. Um, she's described as tenacious, appealing, aggressive. Um, I kind of really started listening to her lately. Um, I think she's very outspoken. She's very, um, I'm trying to think of the word. There's just something about her as far as public speaking goes and the way she carries that. Um, she She impressed me with that. And I thought to myself that, you know, she she's she's someone that can go along with now, now at now since she's gotten to the Senate, yeah, she has been very good. Her record in the Senate has been for the people. I did look that up. Um and she's been tough. I think people are gonna attack her on her record as a prosecutor. That's they where are. they're gonna try to get her. But anyway, I, think... I don't wanna no, no, you're fine. You're fine. No, you're fine. Um, so, so with that being said, um, 
I think, and I, the way I look at it is, people can change. Mm-hmm. I mean, people yeah. are allowed to change. I mean, I just was looking on social media the other day, and they were trying to pull up old videos back in like the 1970s of Biden and one of his political speeches where apparently he um, plagiarized Neil Kinnock and he did it like three different occasions. Neil Kinnock was the uh, Labour Party leader in England back in the early 70s um, Uh or maybe earlier than that, I think. Um, But when you listen to the Kinnock speech and you listen to Biden, yes, they are remotely similar. But to me, I'm like, you're just taking the words out. You're not listening to the whole speech. Now, whether he plagiarized it or not, it's still it's 1970. Who cares? You know what I mean? It doesn't yeah. matter in 2020 that he plagiarized in 1970 because, as I say, people can change. People can change their minds. People can change their views. It's very hard to judge somebody on something that they did 10 years ago and expect them to have the exact same thought process today or to, um, I don't know, to, to almost vilify them for the fact that they don't. Well, that they've changed will, their mind. I will say this, and I want to let Noah jump sure. in. Sure. Um, as long as 10, 20, 30 years ago that there were, it wasn't, and it's kind of like from James Baldwin, if they didn't have any racist, yes, absolutely, or sexist, right, or misogynistic. Uh, yeah, homophobic type of stuff. Right. Then uh, I feel like yeah, they can they can recover from that. But go ahead though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're right. It is easy to it, you can recover from that. You can't really recover from being you know racist. I mean, racist mm-hmm. views because honestly, that is a part of you. So, so with that being said, I mean, I personally think that she is a decent choice. I think she will do well, and like you said, I think we should get behind her. So, Noah, what do you got? So for me, kind of when we talk about politics in general, I think people are kind of divided into their camps. Um, You know, listening to this conversation, if somebody is a hardcore Republican conservative, they support Trump, nothing we say is going to really change their mind. Um, And even vice versa, somebody that's very hardcore on the Democratic side, very liberal, nothing that anybody's going to say is going to make them vote for Trump. I just think that people are pretty much ingrained in their uh, thought processes at this point. Um, that being said, and to tie back just real quick to what you said, when it comes to racism, as far as being a part of a person, there are people that can change. Robert Byrd is a good example of somebody that was a Klansman. He was very racist, very bigoted, and you know he changed. And by the time he died, he was honored by the NAACP with, um, I forget the name of it, but he was recognized as somebody that did support um, Well, I'm not rights. saying they can't change. Um, Excuse me. I'm not saying they can't yes, change. I, yeah, but, I'm just saying their views and their past will follow them. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. And it's deep. Yeah. It's deep. When you when you hate somebody based on race, yeah. it's like there's that's that's the deepest you can get. And really. you're right. People can change. Um, but but in general, when it comes to politics, like I said, I think that people are kind of, you know, they are where they are. But now, when it comes to the candidates. Um, you know, talk about Joe Biden. He really is one of the safest candidates we can come up with as far as the Democratic side goes. Um, he's he was vice president with Obama for eight years. Um, he really didn't have any, um, you know, major controversies or problems associated with him and his name. Um, but as far as like saying the absolute worst thing possible or carrying out a policy or implementing something of that nature, he's fairly safe. He's pretty much a known entity when it comes to politics. Right. He was a senator for many right. years. Um, and he's been around forever. 
Some people don't like that, but whatever. It's out there. You know who he is for the most part. Um, so I think that when it comes to the candidates for president, he was probably the safest pick. You've got other candidates that probably would have been um, a little worse at this, a little worse at that, trying to get these uh, demographics or, you know, you know, but Biden said he was going to pick a woman of color. I love Stacey Abrams. She's really sharp. Mm -hmm. Um, But then Harris, you look at where she is and she's the highest ranking, um, you know, black female candidate possible. She ran for president. So she's been vetted to that degree, you know, for the most part. Um, She's in the Senate. Mm -hmm. Um, Even though Elizabeth Warren is, she's she's another white woman. And I think that Kamala Harris does have that prosecutorial background where, you know, you do say things in a certain way. You know, you do right. interrogate people like when she was talking or doing the, the hearings for um, Kavanaugh, you mm-hmm. know, she'd, she'd say things and then, you know, end it with yes or no answer, please. You know, that's, right. that, that's that lawyer talk. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. And I, I think that I think that that's needed to some extent, you know, um, you know, the happy go lucky, you know, the pie in the sky talk. That's all well and good. But I want to hear people talk about policy and that's right. what politics really should be about policy. What are we going to make laws about that are going to help people that are going to make things better? Um, and, and even though the past is the past, you know, I think that some of the things like the crime bill that Biden's associated with, mm-hmm. you know, they got to be able to move past that. And I think Biden has tried to do that. I think he, he said he was wrong. He, he said he was yeah, he did. I think that he has moved past that. And, you know, and but what matters most, too, is what what are they going to do now? And here's you know? my thing. Here's my thing. With, and this is where I said in, in my house or how I feel. Um. It comes down to is it comes down to me, um, good or bad. And I'm not, I'm not saying Biden and Harris are perfect, but when I, when I look at them and I look at, I know we we said we were not going to say the names of the the other side. Um, the president we have now, he has come out, and me being a black man, because I can only speak from that vantage point, he's come out and said so many racist things that it's like. It's normal now. It's so normalized now. Like the stuff right. he said. Like to me, even if I was in that camp, I'm like, how could you say that? Like if I was a a, a, a black man in that in, in that party, I'm like, how could you say some of the things you said to women, to black people, to Hispanics? You know what I'm saying? To gay people? You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, he'll say he'll say anything. He'll do anything to get a vote. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that, that reminds me of like a TV character and we know he came from TV and, you know, I hear people say, oh, he's a businessman. If you look up his business background, this man has failed so much. He's not that good. Yeah, he's not, but he mm-hmm. came from money. So right. when you have money, you can afford to mess up 13, 14, 15 times before you get it right. But people don't right. look at that. And I think that, um, this is what I think. This is how I think we got elected two things. One. A lot of people didn't like uh, Hillary Clinton. I didn't like right. Hillary Clinton. I'll be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, there was a lot of anti-Hillary. I didn't, right. I didn't like Hillary Clinton. And the, that's the first thing. And the second thing is Obama was a black candidate, a black president, and they couldn't get anything on him. They could right. not get anything. He went eight years, and they couldn't, as a black man, they couldn't stick anything to him. They didn't like his policies. They didn't like that he was bringing people together. And they said, you know what? We're going to do the most anti-Obama <laughs> thing we can do. We're going to say, we're going we're gonna to mask it behind 
oh, it's about um, we don't like the government, less government, and we're going to put in the most anti-government guy. When really, Trump is a pro-government guy. If you look at all the stuff he's done, right. he's pro-government. But people don't look into that. They say we're going to put in the most, the rudest, crudest, you know, person we can put in because he's America. And that's Polar opposite. Yeah, and I, I just feel like the other side, they, they don't build bridges to minorities. If they built bridges to minorities to get their vote, maybe they would do better, but they don't care because they're not looking for the minority vote. So to me, that's what it comes down to. So when I look at Kamala Harris, I said, you know what? Does she have some things that she could work on? Yes, but at least I feel better. Like if she gets into office, she'll be that person in there, even behind Biden that says, hey, Joe, maybe we don't need to say this. Maybe we need to go in this right direction, you know, hey, Joe, you know, maybe not, you might not want to say this about black people. You know, you know what I'm saying? Right. She's going to be that calming yeah. presence there. So she'll I'll definitely keep him. Well, she'll definitely keep him in check. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but you're you're right. I mean, they, they've basically gone polar opposite from Obama for the last eight years to something that was just, you know, completely unheard of. Um, and basically like a last resort for them when you think about it as far as a Republican nomination, in my personal view. Um, but once again, I, I other than the country being able to get around what's been going on for the last three and a half years or actually doing something about that, not allowing the crap that's been going on to continue to go on. As you said, he has said some racist things over the last few years. He's done things, but nothing's ever really done about it. It's just kind of like, oh, it's been done, but nobody says anything. I, I believe that this particular ticket we've got here with these two should be strong enough to be able to beat that based on policies, based on issues, based on what they're going to do and not the game that was played three years ago. So I like Stacey Abrams too, Noah. I, I completely agree with you on her. Um, I believe she does have a good and long career in politics and yes. hopefully she'll be there soon. Um, I just think now may have been a little too early for her. Um, yes. But I do believe that she does have the, the the possibility of getting that far. Yeah, and that was one and, of the drawbacks yeah. about her, just if I can real quick, is that yeah. like, that was like one of the big negatives is that she just doesn't have any experience. You know, right. she lost that race, whether it was fair or not. Um, it wasn't. She doesn't have much of a record else to run on for people to go, OK, I see where she's coming from. I see what the, it's, right. it's a lot of talk and rhetoric, which is good to hear but as far as like an actual yeah you want somebody with some experience right and i and i will say this too i would have preferred i like stacy abrams also and i'm gonna just rattle off some quick things mm -hmm. the reason why i liked her she's young and energetic yeah mm -hmm. she reminded me of president obama and mm -hmm. you know when he was young she's mm -hmm. not corrupted she's not corrupted yet i think right that's a big thing when you're when you're young and you're not corrupt yet. Yeah, that's that's big. She pushed for voting rights. Um, she founded yeah. the Fair Fight Action um, yep. Committee to address voter suppression. And she founded that in 2018. You can go to her website, Fair Fight Action Committee, or just type in Fair Fight Action Stacey Abrams. It'll come right up. And she's for criminal justice reform. She realized what's going on with the 13th Amendment, with the privatized jails and with, with voter suppression. 
Um, and she's for expanded uh, Medicaid laws. So that was some of the things that I got off of just her website, just typing in Stacey Abrams, and you can see that. And I do agree she was young, and I think she wasn't as experienced. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why they had to go away from her. But I think that her future is bright, and we might see her in some capacity if Biden and Harris win. Yeah, right. I think so, that, too. In that cabinet. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm behind Kamala Harris and Joe Biden. Um, mm-hmm. More Kamala Harris than Joe Biden, I will say. <laughs> I, to be honest, I just feel like Joe Biden, man, sometimes when he talks, I cringe. I'm just like, just don't people, say too much. Just, yeah, yeah. Just, just say, hello, my name is Joe Biden. Way. Smile, get off, get off the podium. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, just don't Hilarious. mess this up, man. But I feel like with Kamala there, She's really going to home in on what we need to focus on. And like you said, Noah, she'll deliver the message like a prosecutor, like yeah. a, like an attorney. Yeah. So she'll yes. lay the facts out. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And you need I, I do think that the that when it comes to the Democratic Party, they do need somebody that's a little bit more aggressive. That's not as passive. That's a big um, talking point that, mm-hmm. you know, um, they're wimps. The Democrats are wimps. They don't really have any fighting power and. I like the idea of Kamala Harris getting out there and, you know, kind of throwing some punches, exactly. you know, taking the fight and, and, you know, saying, Hey, this, that, and the other, and what are you going to do about it? And, you know, so I, I like that. I do. I think she's good. I'm very excited. I'm not upset in one bit. Um, I am a Bernie guy. I, I like Bernie. I liked his message, Bernie, but yes. you know, he's not the nominee <laughs> and Joe Biden. Right. So, um, and for the people, and for the people out there that say, Oh, I'm not going to vote because both parties are messed up and your vote doesn't count. Let me explain something to you. And I'm going to go back to race and mm. people might not like this, might turn them off, but I'm a black man. And a lot of black people died. They march. They got spit on. Uh, John Lewis got his head cracked open. He just died a few weeks ago. Beat, Beat up. up and got his yeah. skull fractured. So black people could vote so they can have equality all that right. stuff. so for people especially the black people out there that say they're not going to vote shame on you man because MLK all these people you know they marched and they did all this stuff so you can vote and then when you don't vote you spit in their face you spit in their face mm-hmm. man every time you do that now to my white brothers and sisters or Hispanic brothers and sisters hey I can't make you do it and that's your right but nobody right. was out there marching. Well, I don't even want to say Hispanic. Let me just focus in on 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 white people here. Nobody was out there marching for you because you had that right, right. from the time from the get go. From the get go, there you go. Noah. Yeah. So if you don't want to vote or not, I encourage you to vote because right. I think that it's your time to participate in the uh, electoral process. But I was, I'm, I think that for people of color, especially. People died, they bled, they mm-hmm. hurt, they lost people. Like I said, John Lewis got his head cracked open in Selma for your right to vote. So if you don't exercise that, shame on you, man. Shame and you, know, you bring up John Lewis. John Lewis was in his early 20s. Yeah. He was, he was one of the youngest, I think, if not the youngest to speak in Selma. He was like 23, 24. Mm-hmm. Um, you're right, though, man. I mean, 
it, it's sad, really, because, you know, it's gone away from just looking at what you need, what you think the country needs, what needs to be done, and more into a personal level of just a spitting contest back and forth as to this candidate and that candidate and Republicans do this, Democrats do that. And it's like, it's just such a silly, childish game playing the left and the right, the liberal, the conservative. It's got nothing, a lot of it's got nothing to do with that. And I you think know, with, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Two it's whether you live with a conservative or not has nothing to do with the fate of the country. It is the person you put in there and their issues and their beliefs that will help the country. I just, I don't know. I just, yeah, that's what I like to think happens too. Yeah, I mean, you would you know. We're 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 in this together. We need to work together. Um, you look at the issues that affect people. You know. Um, it's it's jobs it's wages it's health care it's crime it's what's what's illegal what's not illegal how these um laws affect one group versus another you know you've got cocaine versus exactly crack. man good, um, good you've reference. got you you've got three strikes in laws and those kinds of things yeah they they sound good at the time and people cheered and rah 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 but later on you look back and you go oh that didn't work out so not, good yeah, that was yep. bad that did, that was not the way to do it, you know. Um, so, you know, I like to think that as we as a country, you know, we're looking to help each other get healthy, wealthy and wise. Education's another one. You know? mm-hmm. um, and that that's where I come from as far as my perspective, mm-hmm. my point of view. I think that and I I wasn't independent for a long time uh, just because I don't like the money that's in politics. And I felt like both parties money is a huge part of it between campaigning. Yes. Uh, between lobbying, um, between the, the, the forces that affect the laws, mm-hmm. I hate the money. And that's really, the, it's, you know, they say the love of money is the root of all evil. And I think that's affecting our policy. But, right. um, and it's, there's no way around it. Everybody that's in president, vice president, you know, all the people in Congress, even the Supreme Court, they're all affected by money. And we, I think that's the biggest thing that we need to get rid of in our political system. Aside from that, we can talk about policies, this, that, or the other, you know, when it comes to healthcare, education, crimes and whatnot, but there's a lot of stuff that needs to change and starting with money. Start at, start at your home, man. Start locally. Yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you, man, start locally. Cause I feel like those, those local elections are even bigger. They affect even more than the, you know what I'm saying? Federal or state. Elections. Right. Yeah. So that's going on right now. I mean, a lot of people are voting today for the local. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the federal affects big things. You know, you've got the Supreme Court, you've got federal judges, the cabinet appointments. But when you talk about the local stuff, you know, that's your tax collector, which I don't know if that's why that's an elected position. Selected, man. I was going to jump into it. Some places. Judges. How do you you pick the right judge? Like, how do you you need a a full time job to sit down and research all the people on all the ballots? And it's. You know, and sheriff is a good one that is probably, you know, very impactful for, you know, even though you live in a city, you still live in a county and you can elect the top cop for the county. Um, But, yeah, those local elections do matter. Well, they do matter. Let's talk about it. Why are local elections important and why do they affect us? You know, what what do they affect? Like, I mean, we know they. I can tell you right off doing my research from stuff I knew and stuff I didn't know schools 
taxes, mm-hmm. laws, yeah, and land. Board. Because remember, local elections, they're set up, or the local government is set up just like the federal government. You have legislative, executive, and judicial. Yeah. Right. Same, in, same as federal. They have the same thing in your local elections and why they're important. I don't know if you guys want to start off or how you want to do it or. Um, keep talking. Oh, well. Yeah. All right. Well. You know, just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, in your local elections, like I said, you have those three different branches. And, and young people, if you listen to this, study that. The judicial branch, those judges. You know, the executive branches, like the mayor or the commissioner, and and you know, the legislative branches, like your your city council. You know what I'm saying? People like that. So let's start with that executive branch. You know, mayor is a big one. That's a big one because if you look at it, the mayor, he hires and fires people right. in the local branch, so like your police commissioner, your top cop in your city. He mm-hmm. gets hired by the mayor. Your fire chief, he gets hired by the mayor. The mayor introduces laws. So like stuff that you want to go in your city, the mayor is going to introduce that law. Now he can't impose the law you know, because he has to work with the city council, but he right. develop he develops housing projects. What parts of the city look you know look better than the other? He's in on that. He gives out job transportation, the stadiums programs. That yes, stadiums. Thank you. Theme All parks. of those things. Theme parks. Uh, companies that come to your city. He invests yes. in parks and libraries. So he's he's over that in 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 the executive branch. That's what your mayor does for your city. How do we feel about that? If you want to expound on that a, bit, a little bit, anybody? No, I, I feel the same way. Um, but it's hard to really narrow down and kind of pin down um, how certain candidates or how certain people and positions are. You know, like mm-hmm. in Orlando, um, mm-hmm. you've got Mayor Buddy Dyer. Um, he's a Democrat, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know he's really pushed a lot of money. Uh, through to get these venues here this was years oh, ago yeah. um to better the community now on, on and there's there's always arguments you can make one way or the other on stuff and, and in between but the idea was to get these venues here so that we get big name sporting events we've had the pro bowl here um that brings a lot of money to the community um if there were right. no if there was no stadium they wouldn't have the pro bowl and even though they're spending money on the venue they're bringing in money to the community um so there's that argument. Um, but, you know, when you look at the at, and, and the cities themselves, like right now in our society, you still have the effects of generations ago, the redlining. Of course, you've got the, the poor communities and that's where they build these things. Yeah. Um, and, and now it's called gentrification where, you know, you look at the, the cheaper properties and you go, oh, we can build a stadium here because we can buy out all these houses or buy out all these properties. And what do they do with gentrification? Excuse me, Noah, which, yeah, which, which is important. They, they push out the poor people. And how do they do that? Either they come in, and we've eminent seen it. Domain, eminent domain. Eminent domain. It. They just you. buy it and said, you got to move. Explain that, Noah. Explain that to the people. Explain well, eminent, eminent domain. domain. <clears throat> and it got clarified a couple of years ago by the Supreme Court of the United States that basically said if the government wants your property to better the society, the country, the infrastructure, if the government needs that property, they can take it. Yes, they can take it. Now they got to pay you for it. They're not just going to steal it 
but they might not pay you what you want. They might exactly. not pay a fair price. Um, and the laws and the rules that are regarding how much you get compensated, they might not be where they need to be. But, you know, if the government's going to tell you we, we need your building, they're going right. to take it. And we and, just we just saw this play out. Right. Uh, what? Five years ago with the soccer stadium. Remember that? Yeah. We just saw that play yeah. out with the church. Oh, yeah. Remember the church that was downtown? Mm-hmm. And they were sitting on the land that the soccer stadium wanted. And for a month or almost a year, they went back and forth negotiating to finally eminent domain came in and they said, church, this is what we're doing. That's what the city said. And the church had no choice but to say, okay, because those laws kicked in. And that's why it's important because your city council, that's another, that's your legislative branch. You know, they approve budgets. They approve or reject city projects. They vote on city laws. Eminent domain is within that. All of that stuff that works its way into the city council of how we're going to move because the mayor can't move by himself. He suggests laws, he brings them up, he creates them, but he has to send them to the city council to vote on them. And he can't super, he can't supersede yeah. the city council. So that's why it's important to vote who you want for mayor, vote who you want for city council. Now, I will say the soccer stadium helped Orlando. I was just there recently, yeah. what, last year or whenever, this year or whenever, but early this year. That was that was yeah. This year yeah, was yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It right was now. so far. <laughs> yeah. yeah, ten years ago, back in February. <laughs> yeah, twenty twenty has decades. <laughs> it does. Yeah, I can't even remember. Man. But yeah, think about that. Like even um, I don't know if you guys want to expound on that or move on or how did you feel about it? Well, no, just to, just to touch base on that too. Like when you talk about those things and eminent domain and you know the greater good. Um, you know, even though the government's going to come in and take our property, let's say they want to build a soccer stadium, you know, okay, fine. The, I understand the bigger picture, but when it comes to compensating those individuals or the businesses that own that property, um, or to say that, you know, listen, we're going to pay you this much, but we'll give you a tax break on this area. There's that negotiation that happens, and that's where the local stuff, you know, they need to do right by the people that live here and the people that yes. do business here. And, you know, and sometimes depending upon who that is, that might not happen or might not happen in the proper way. So, you know, it's it is tough to pick who you want. You know, I mean, they can talk ideology, but, you know, ultimately it is the local elections that affect us the most because we live in the cities and counties. Um, The state is a bigger entity that affects us, too. But, you know, I mean, you could you could go to a function around the corner from your house and you're going to see the mayor. You can shake their hand. Your, your city commissioners, your county commissioners, you can go yeah. to those meetings, you know, and see the process and, and make your voice known if you want to. If you wanted to do that Mm-mm. at Congress, I mean, our family took a trip to D.C. It took us months to schedule, coordinate, getting tickets, passes, see Congress in action. I will say it was the coolest thing I ever mm. saw in my life. But it's <laughs> not something that you can just go do. Right. Local stuff. It has an impact on us directly, and it's something that we can also ourselves directly impact. Yep. Just mm. just like the uh, school board. This is when I looked up. Yeah, Man, school board. I didn't realize this, but in the future, I'm going to be looking at the school board because the school board, actually, they set policy in schools. They set curriculum. They mm-hmm. vote the budget. 
they hire and fire principals. I did not know that. So, like, they have a lot of power, like, especially in the school system. Because right. think about it, and uh, I don't want to get too deep into it, but think about, like, the Orange County school system. They set curriculum. People on that school board set curriculum for your children. Yeah. They hire right. and fire teachers. They vote the budget. That, those are huge things. Like, thinking about what we're doing now with, with coronavirus and Zoom and all this, how they are implementing stuff. The people that we put in power are actually setting up how our kids are being taught and the amount of money that is mm-hmm. being given to them, which I will say that they've done a good job because I've seen a lot of stuff they've done. So I don't want to talk down on them. But those are the people that affect your child's education. And saying that, I, I I hear a lot of people, I'm gonna go on a little tangent. Give me like two, three minutes. <laughs> I hear people all the time say, Oh, well, you know, those schools in those neighborhoods or they can do just as good as my school in my neighborhood. So say we got these two schools. One is in a pretty affluent neighborhood and one is in a poor neighborhood. Do we realize how tax dollars work when it comes to schools? Your property taxes affect how much each school gets. People don't know that. So a school in a poor neighborhood that has probably gets less property taxes or the property taxes are lower, they're not going to get as much funding. And correct me if I'm right. wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm right about this because I looked it up and I researched. They're not going to get as money as that school in the better neighborhood. And I saw something on uh, Kamal Bell's show the other night, he was talking about this, how you can have two schools in the same county on different sides of the, for lack of a better phrase, different sides of the train track. And uh, mm-hmm. they're just totally different. He went to this one school that was affluent. It had all these clubs. It had all these, all this money. It had computers. It had all this stuff that enriched the student. It even had an esports club. Esports is the mm-hmm. video. It had all this yeah. stuff. Then he went to another school. But they didn't have all this stuff. They were, you know, they had some programs, but they were struggling, you know, and it, and he talked about how it all tied into your property taxes and where you live. You know, the school board affects that because the school board, the people you put in there, they can affect that because they can go in and say, well, we're going to allocate the money that goes to this school that's in, a, in an affluent neighborhood. And we're going to take a little bit of that money over here and put it in this other school. They affect that. And I didn't know that. I yep. did not know that until I did the research. So people, mm-hmm. when you're when you're voting and you're talking about schools, remember that. The people you put in the school board, city council, mayor, they're affecting your child's education. But anyway, that's my tangent. I'm I'm done with it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's your tangent is fine. Yeah, Get it out. It's, it's yeah, 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 man. This is mm. crazy, man. That's uh I was looking at that because, you know, KT told me about the show. So I recorded mm. it and the other day. I said, let me look at some of this. And I saw that, man. It just, uh, it's disheartening, man, because it is. everybody, everybody, I, I saw something somebody said, and I want to phrase it the right way. Everybody is born with some type of smarts or intelligence, something that they can use to be successful. But mm-hmm. everybody is not born with the same opportunity. Does that make sense? No. Yep, yeah. absolutely. And that plays a huge part 
in how we grew up in this thing called America. You mm. know, so um, I think people need to think about that. But anyway, well, you I mean, you say that and going off into something else, it's like people seem to think that everybody has the same opportunity. No, that everybody has the same opportunity in Paramore than the guy in Lake Mary. Mm-mm. And and it's like you don't realize that there are two different there are, there are two different worlds, two totally different worlds that the same opportunities aren't even offered for that person to have the exact same thing somebody else is going to get. But what I'm what I'm what I'm getting yeah. to is is that when you vote some of these people in the office, just like your circuit court judge, man, circuit court judges have a lot of power. I don't yep. know if you guys they interpret law, they apply law. They oversee the whole legal process. Basically, basically, they can look at a law and how they interpret it in your case is how their ruling goes. So right. they don't have to stick to the letter of the law. They can look at the law and say, yeah, it says that A plus B equals C. But what I'm thinking is this. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes B is not there, so A plus D might have to equal C. They can do that <laughs> right. according right. to the law because they interpret law so the city council people the circuit court judges the school board the mayor those are important positions to vote for so that's all i'm yeah. saying for and it, and it is it is worth it to at least look into the candidates like if you've got a p- particular political leaning okay um you could look at some of the voter guides that are out there so at least you can say okay these are like-minded people. Who are they supporting? You know, you can look at some of the newspaper articles and, you know, the, the editorial boards will do interviews. So you can kind of see what they, what questions they ask and the answers they got. And you could at least say, all right, I think this is good. So I'm going to put, do some monicum of homework, exactly. do something to at least look at the candidates. Right. And like you said, vote. Um, you know, it's a privilege to sit back and go, ah, my vote doesn't count. I don't care. And that's just foolish, in my opinion. You know, this is not a perfect system. This is by far the best, you know, that anybody could ever come up with. We're not perfect, but it's what we got. Let's work with what we got and let's use it. You know, if you got that car that barely rolled down the windows and barely starts, man, that's all you got. You got to get on it. You got to use it. You got to get in there, man. What's up, Kate? I feel like you want to say something. You are correct. Oh, no, no, no. I'm good. Listen. Oh. This is actually very enthralling for me to listen to you two talk for a little bit. Man, let me um, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was going to say, I mean, it, it is. We are in a society to where, yes, yeah, some people say my vote doesn't count and they just won't do anything about it. But they don't realize that just not doing anything about it doesn't do anything anyway. Exactly. So but let's the people in power stay in power. Let's does. the people with money pull the strings. It does. But in listen to everything that's being said, there's a. A lot of research and a lot of work that would need to be done for some of them to really look at local candidates and, as you say, you know, find the best one to put in. Um, and I don't think people are willing to do that. I don't yeah, think they want to do that true. type of research, that type of effort, well, that type of work. They better be willing to struggle then. I would tell them that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, I think, I think, no, ahead. no, I was just, I'm just saying, I mean, that, that's just kind of where we are is that on a local level, people don't want to put in that kind of effort or they don't realize how much that matters to them. Like you said, their kids in school, you know, your life living in this particular city. I don't think they realize how much that actually counts. 
Hopefully this podcast will help somebody. Now that'd be no, nice. Yeah, this point them in the right direction. Man, you know a city tax collector holds a lot of power. They yeah. hold a lot of power. They they set yeah. your taxes every year and they calculate the rates. Yep. That's crazy. Like, man, how do you want to get that? Well, no, well, but with what you're saying, so it's it's power that a lot of these positions have already had that nobody's really looked into yeah. to say this needs to change. So it just stays status quo. Like from year to year, like one year, like, okay, in my house, one year I came, I moved into my house, my taxes were one way. They changed a couple little words, and I don't want to say where I live, but they changed some some wording and uh, a few little words, and it boosted my taxes up like $2,000, right. like mm-hmm. more, $2,000 yeah, more that's a lot. than what I was right. paying. That's ridiculous. It's yeah, that's that. There you go. That's exactly. a direct impact on you, exactly your wallet. Yeah. Whereas that same direct impact on somebody else, they're gonna say, "But I don't know what to do to change it," or "I can't change this, so I'll just have to pay it." And because I think there is that belief that a lot of people just won't do anything, it stays the way that it is. Man, that is yeah. Well, sometimes it's the easiest thing to do is to just do exactly. nothing. Yeah. And then complain yeah. on the back end. You just complain on the yeah. back end. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, everybody's going to complain. Yeah. Come on, man. Complain Absolutely. I got all this money. I hate it. It's like, shut up. <laughs> yeah, man. I know a few people uh, that I work with, but I don't want anything. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Money just falling out their wallet. They're over there complaining. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, is this your hundred? Uh, hey, yeah, you dropped this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I didn't. I left it for you. My, throwing my gum away. Yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> that's pretty much. I mean, I feel like we covered. I just have a little closing yeah. thing, but I'll let y'all go and uh, say no, that. See you, Um. Just and I know that on this podcast, if you're listening, you know everybody's not going to take everything from this podcast. Take what's what's applicable. Applicable. To you, however you say that, I messed that up. Applicable, oh, applicable. There you go. My, <laughs> thank you. That's why you're my friend. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. But gotcha. just, just know your candidates, man. Like you know what I'm saying. A judge plays a major role in in something simple to people like setting bail or deciding how much time you're gonna get in jail. That's important. You know, district attorneys. Mm-hmm. They're the top legislative. I mean, at the top, you know, yeah. judicial person in your county or city, they they right. they tell you who's going to be charged and who's not going to be charged. They say what public officials going to go to jail or get charged and not go to jail. They even talk about, and I had to look this up, if the police will be held accountable for what they do. Yeah. So district attorney is a very important one because when police officers do wrong, those are the people that file the charges against them or are not filing mm-hmm. the charges. So know your candidates, know where they stand on the issues, man, and just vote, man. Vote your conscience, whatever it is. That's all yeah. I got. Now, I wanted to throw in a few things. Like we had, you know, the three of us, we had talked about, you know, who else we would have liked to have seen back to the, the, the vice sure. presidential uh, ticket. Um, you know, I had mentioned Stacey Abrams, really liked her, but, um, you know, there, there, and, there's also people I didn't want to see picked. Um, as far as Karen Basco, she's a, a representative from California. 
I don't think she would have been a good choice. Um, like I said Elizabeth Warren. I don't think she would have been a nope. good choice. Tulsi Gabbard. Um, she's young. She's a little bit more energetic. Um, she's got different opinions than most liberals do. She's not very progressive on a lot of things. I don't think those people would have been good candidates to try to get that vote solidified, you know, to, to spread out the, the, the excitement and to get people to say, yeah, you're going to vote. Yeah, I'm going to vote. I'm going to do that. Yeah. Um, some of the other la- ladies, and it had to have been a lady. If there was another old white dude, I would have just, I'd have given up. I'd have moved to, I don't know where. <laughs> jumped off the boat <laughs> but i thought i thought i seriously thought that tammy duckworth would have been an okay choice she's not a woman of color but she is a minority she's i think um uh, not polynesian but pacific islander kind of yeah, uh, yeah. ancestry um she's a veteran she's very well spoken she's got a lot of um you know that chutzpah that you know aggressiveness is, is that um, the one that lost her legs in the military okay yeah they talked about yes. her yeah she She's got a very compelling yeah. story. Um, Val Demings would Val have been a Demings. good choice. Um, yeah. yeah, she would have been. But good. I think I mean, they want to stay I, away I from the. They want to stay away the from the police issue with Val Demings. I think. Yeah, mm. yeah, mm. yeah. Um, Keisha Lance Bottoms, the mayor yeah. of uh, Atlanta. Mm-hmm. She's top notch. I think that she's really um, like you know we talk about Stacey Abrams has a future. I, oh, I'm yeah. hoping. I'm praying. Um, and probably the best candidate for VP would have been Michelle Obama. Oh, the best and real quick too, I wanted to say this, when we're talking about politics and we're talking about, you know, kind of who's who and what's what it's, it's not, you're not, you know, buying the car, you're getting yes. on the bus. Um, and I heard this statement a while ago and it says Democrats fall in love and Republicans mm. fall in line. Um, I think that the, the, the Democratic base is so broad that, you know, everybody can pick and choose who they love. And it's like, I like this guy. Oh, they're not it. Yeah, right. I'm not voting. And it kind of it kind of backfires in a certain sense. But you know what? There's there's so much of that to go around that people can do that. But, you know, you really got to look at what's best. Like you said, you're getting on the bus to get as close as you can to where you want to be. Um, you know, you can't be a purist about it. You got to be able to have that compromise when you look at politics and what you know, politics is, it's compromise, um, it's crafting policy, it's trying to get everybody's input on something, and especially how we're mm-hmm. supposed to be. Um, you know, let's talk about the bigger picture, let's get everybody's input, let's make something that's going to work. You know, you can have the biggest pie in the sky idea, um, but if you're not going to get support enough to get it passed, to make it happen, then what good is it? Yeah, it sounds good, it's a good policy, it's a good principle, but if it ain't going to become a reality, then we're just kind of wasting our time sitting, you know? So I think in general, people need to get that, you know, that, um, um, purist sit out of their system, that purity test out of their system and really just look at the candidate and go, okay, I can support them. I like them. It's, it's, and other times it's better than the alternative, you know, by a long shot, but you know, you're not, you're not choosing the lesser of two evils. You got to stop thinking of it like that. In my opinion, you got to think of it as, what is the best I can possibly right. do? And that's what I want to do. And it's the system we got. Let's use hey, it. KT. Oh, go, oh, go ahead. Yes. Say your thing. And I got one more two line sentence. Well, no, I, yeah. I was going to say that, uh, I mean, you're, you're looking for the closest. I mean, you don't, you know that there is no perfect candidate out there that's going to be on every issue that you want. So you find the one that is the closest that is to your personal ideals, to what you um to your vision in a sense 
Um, and like I said, not the lesser of the two, but just the best that is there. And I believe that if we can get out of that thought process of not thinking that we can do anything or this doesn't work or that doesn't work or voting is just useless and, um, and actually just put a little effort into it. Um, I believe that yes, change can be made, but it's just going to take a lot of time. And yeah. my last thing I'm going to say, and this is directed to young people or whoever needs to hear this. This is important. I know this is going to be a shock to you guys, you young people. <laughs> but Barack Obama not walking through that door, people. He not coming back. <laughs> he done. He, is. he done. I know it hurt. Yeah. It hurt me too. I know. I know how you feel. That's how I feel about it. Every time he talk, I stop what I'm doing. I know you think he can come back and save us. He can't save us, people. Young people, he can't save us. Voting going to save us. Your vote going to save us. Barack cannot save us. He had his eight years. He did good. He brought us back from the depths. But he can't save us, young people. Voting can save us. You got to go vote. So if you love Barack Obama, President Barack Obama, go and vote at the polls, people. It's important. And that's all I got. It's like you say that the people actually think he could actually come back and run again. Since he's, you know, is there a grace period after running? You can do only eight consecutive years, but there's been a break. Could he run again? He gone, people. It's over. I know he's gone, man. But there was that, <laughs> there was that deep-seated thought that people had of, well, maybe he could come back. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you are correct. <clears throat> Go out there and vote, people. Like you said, if you love Barack Obama, he'll want you to vote. Exactly. That's all I got. So you know what? For him, go out yeah. there and vote, people. That's all I can tell you. So, would like to say to you then, thank you very much for listening to us on our political aspect of our podcast today. We hope you were motivated. We hope you were inspired or even easily and slightly entertained by some of what we said today. Uh, We hope you enjoyed it and hope you come back and listen to us again and always have a conversation with an open mind.